Right, hi everyone. Um, welcome to, well we don't know yet, is this the Cinema Design Podcast? Is this the Tom and Owen Show? Is this Mad Dog and Delhi? What is this? Um, anyway, hello, my name's Owen Maddock. Uh, I'm here with my good friend Tom Delicompagni. Hello. Hello. Tom's interesting. Tom can build you a bespoke kitchen or a library or a wardrobe or a commercial bar out of pretty much anything, finished in almost anything. He's got a, a factory and CNC routers but he's also one of the better cinema designers in this country. I don't know anyone else like that. I don't know anyone who's a great sort of AV guy and a cabinet maker, so that's good fun. Wow. No one's ever said it like that before. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sat next to you, Owen, Mr. Mister Cinema. Level 2, Cedia Award winner. Um, Mr. Mr. Cedia. Got all the all the tickets. I've got all the badges, haven't I? It's like yeah. Blue Peter, right? So Cedia's new immersive audio design guidelines, RP22, are finally here. They came out last week. And me and Tom have been working with it for a while, haven't we, Tom? We have, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I can't actually tell you how long I've been part of it. It feels as though it's been every Wednesday of my life for a while. Probably about six months. Yeah, maybe. I think I've been on it for about 18 months, something like that. Mm. So, I mean, we're coming relatively late in the process because it took a few years. Yeah. But we've been working with the document and we've been applying it to our own work. So I think there's a lot of people out there who are going to download it, look at it. There's 144 pages of information, four levels of system, 21 metrics by which you measure it. And that's quite a lot. Isn't it? So if you're feeling daunted, we're hoping to sort of break it down for you and step by step walk you through it. And I think we're going to start with the end. Mm-hmm. Why is this a good idea? Why, if, you, if you're putting cinema together in this country or if you're an end consumer, why is this in any way interesting? Why can't I just carry on doing it the way I've been doing it? Because there is nowhere for us integrators, designers to get good information Owen there is no one document out there and that's what this is putting together for us it is a document of answers and I also think that the thing we've learned basically working on our new demo spaces and changing our customer designs is the engineered room is not a little bit better and it's not hitting numbers to kind of for our own personal satisfaction or because, you know, we're really interested in getting awards or the respect of our peers, it's because they're laugh out loud better. Yeah. The room where we've engineered out some of the obvious problems has a bigger emotional impact. It feels better because otherwise you're just listening to problems and they Mm -hmm. can be quite bad. Mm -hmm. And I think they're worse than people think. Yeah. I don't think people are aware of the problems in rooms that they're making and I am not in any way shape or form pointing at blaming it's because there is a lack of information and a lack of knowledge I think lack of information is a bit of a broad term I think Owen isn't it that the information is out there always has been always will be you know there's there's one particular person who who you can get all the knowledge from pretty much um dogs at all absolutely but uh, as far as the industry is concerned, you know, everybody that, you know, and I, listen, I've been through the process. Manufacturers, suppliers come and do the free training to come and learn how to do cinema. And there's definitely some bits to take away from those, but there's a lot of 
stuff to be ignored, a lot of salesmanship, and not really the specific science that's needed. I think free training is a lot like free design. You know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And unfortunately, manufacturer training isn't that. It's not their job. You know, their job is to grow the sales. Their job is to persuade you to use their products, which I'm sure are of great quality, as opposed to somebody else's. They're, they're going to be pointing out the differences between their stuff and the other stuff, and they're mm-hmm. going to talk They're going to talk their book. It's literally their whole job. Yeah. It's important to stress, two years ago, we were doing it the same way as everybody else because we were exposed to all the same information. So it's not so much, we don't think we're better than anyone. Nope. I think I think we were lucky because we got yep. invited on to, to join in the process and we took that and it's changed the way we look at it. So I think of it as like video games. You know, we've just defeated one more boss than a lot of our friends who are doing the best work they can, like their customers, want to do better, but just don't have the information. I mean, I taught my little boy to pedal unassisted at the age of four and it's not because I'm clever and it's not because I'm a this great Uber dad. It's certainly not because I'm a great cycling instructor because I'm not one, is I had access to the information to buy him secondhand a proper, well-engineered bike that was correctly balanced, that really thought about the problem of little people and getting them to ride a bike. And he was off on his fourth birthday. It was brilliant. And then the next day we went to Seven Beach and he tore-assed it past a couple of nine-year-olds on pink, steel, Mm -hmm. heavy bikes with stabilizers. Because their dad... I'm sure he's a good dad. I'm sure he loves his kids. I'm sure he wants the best for them. But he didn't have access to the information. And just being in middle-class Bishopston in North Bristol, I did do. So it's just a an information thing and you get a better result from it. So that's that's the way I see it. You know, if you want the voice of Cedia, well, on Jeff's podcast, The Integrated Home, um, you can have Walt Zerby giving you the sort of the official version and yeah. it's very good. It is very good. I listened to it last night. Yeah, and... We're just talking about it from a regular integrator perspective because we've been on a bit of a journey and let's talk to you about this next level that we've defeated. And by the way, there's a lot of levels ahead of us. We don't think we're there. I don't think this is this is a big game. This is a big game. There's a lot of bosses to get through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we've both lived it. Tom, you had a demo room that was perfectly well implemented to a point. And you've basically re-engineered that over the last few months. And I built my first one according to, you know, my flawed and limited understanding of what RP22 is. Yeah. And it's laugh out loud better than previous jobs. It's even laugh out loud better than another perfectly reasonably executed project by another integrator using nearly identical ingredients. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So my rooms is, is I can talk in as much detail as you want me to, but but to sort of wrap it up quite quickly is um, both rooms, exactly the same equipment, exactly the same equipment. Uh, But my first room that I built was done how I say we'd probably see 70% of of, of pro installs. It was seven bed layer, four Atmos. In fact, it started two Atmos and then I added, added, added another two and my subs were smacked between my left center right channels you see that a lot yeah it was it was okay so I, I i wanted to understand why i got a huge dip in in um in my sub performance because it shouldn't be there yeah uh anyway so i moved them got rewl 
did a little bit of playing around. REW is Roomy Q Wizard, free software that we can all use. Put a mic to it, and it basically helps. There's not a lot it can't do for us. Yeah, well, more than helps. It's 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 our it's our ears, really, isn't it? Download it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, move these subs, and I realised that there's. So that made my my bass performance much 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 better. Like hands down, unbelievably better. It was like I'd put another six pairs of subs in there. Unbelievably so. And then another twelve months of learning occurred. I think RP twenty two probably. Yeah, I started the RP twenty two previous to me building this new room. And once I got into RP twenty two, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, I've I've really been playing at it. It's a lot, isn't and it? I've implemented. <laughs> yeah, it is. So then I've implemented uh, uh, a lot of RP twenty two, and I'm also going to bring up our little peer group as well, Erin. That, that we're yeah, sure. Very lucky to be part of. Absolutely. Uh, who have? Should we should we name them? Uh, Let's name them. Go on then. So we're on a little WhatsApp group with Ben Goff, Peter Aylett, Christian Bugs, and we're lucky. And they don't tell us what to do, and they're not really holding our hands. They just throw us pointers from time to time to send us in a direction to go and find out our own answers. And it's been staggeringly good. Yeah. I mean, it started when I needed Ben to sort of explain what had just happened on an RP22 call. Um, and again, you know, limited time, but right, go and look here, go and look there. Right, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I suppose this is our our way of trying to sort of bring that knowledge a bit further down the chain, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So there you were. You're on RP22. You're re-engineering the room. And I, I remember actually, yeah. you sent, you started sending me sketches. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've now built said room. It's not finished. I don't think my rooms will ever be finished because I'm a tinkerer and I'll always be trying to come up with a something to do something to counteract something. But it's, it's, it's ninety percent there now. And and it, genuinely, it's, 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 it's like a complete. It's like a system twice the cost. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I, I've only built one demo facility, um, but similarly, just bringing in that wisdom, making those changes. And these are relatively simple changes. There are issues around placement, around where you point the speakers, around what you do with the treatment material. When it's right, it's very right. I mean, the things that stand out about it for me are the base is more even than I usually experience. It's more even from seat to seat to seat. The image is better. And, well, the thing is, it measures better, but that's an explanation as to why it sounds good to our ears. Yeah. Floyd, Floyd Till proved that in his extensive studies. He made people listen to stuff blind. And we're all the same, it turns out. I know we're all unique and precious snowflakes, but in terms of <laughs> listening to music, we all like a system that's got a nice, even, smooth response without too many unusual spikes or dips because of course, because the real world behaves like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't suddenly introduce a massive spike at a certain frequency. Not usually. Mm. Um, and it turns out that's what we like. So that's really helpful. And once you know that, you understand that if it measures well, it's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think bass is really important. I think the sort of sense of space is really important. I think the sort of overall sound character, the timbre is really important. I mean, and, and dynamics is really important. So in terms of the actual sound level you're getting at the room. One thing that only occurred to me recently, actually, um, 
And especially when it comes to if you've got front wide speakers in a system. So in other words, between the normal surround pair to the side of you and the left and right speakers at the front of the room, if you put in another pair there to sort of improve the wraparound effect. Yeah. If you're pointing those on a sidewall kind of at each other, which is what 70% of people do, not only are you missing all the good bit of what that speaker can do for you, but it's probably true that the power you're getting from it, because it's all coming out of the sides and towards you, isn't even going to be what you calculated. Nope. So it probably won't even go loud enough. Nope, won't be loud enough. You'll be just introducing reflections in all the wrong places. It's, there's, I, I see it an awful lot on social media, a front wide, flat to the wall, and it's it, they may as well not be there. They, the system would be better without them. And I think they might even be making it worse because you've got all this energy. They're firing at yeah. each other. Yeah, You can't even really soak it up. It's just going to bounce off the other speaker. So it'll introduce sort of problems of time smearing in terms of intelligibility. And yeah, you might as well not fit them. The, a bad speaker should never be fitted. Bad placement. Yeah. If you can't put a speaker where you need to, don't put it there. Because So I, I did a room uh, a couple of years ago that, a really nice room, but I got two massive windows at the back of the room. So I couldn't put rears in. Mm. And I looked at, do I put them high up? Well, if I put them high up, I was going to really mess around with your Atmos sort of height. And, and I thought, well, why am I even contemplating putting them in? Mm -hmm. And this is before RP22. So it's probably one of the more clever things I've done in my life. And I just thought, no, they're not going in. And we'll just go with five bed. And you know what? It's a fantastic little system. Yeah, I believe it. And I think if I'd have tried to implement something up high, no matter what I'd done with them, I think I'd have always been disappointed with it. And also, that, that's quite interesting because um, there's a minimum requirement for level one. We'll get to that in just a sec. Mm. Um, in terms of channel count, you're absolutely good to have three speakers at the front, two Atmos speakers above you, and a sub-channel. Mm -hmm. And that is considered... It's, it's the it's the bare minimum channel count to yeah. get level one, yeah. but that will do it, and that makes sense because you do you do come across rooms where there's so much glass or this sort of open plan going on. Yeah, because I think I think what people have got to remember is that the RP twenty two isn't just cinema rooms. It, it it could be a living room. Absolutely, yeah. Entertainment spaces we talk about exactly. Yeah, let's talk about the levels um, because I think we, me and Tom, we live in kind of levels one, levels two level three on a good day and i haven't done a level four room um i'd love to um i won't be doing it by myself but let's look at it i don't think there's many people that have done the uh, unobtainium level four you love that word don't you i do it's one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> excellent so level level one might be considered a home cinema so it's reasonably modest it's made from mainstream equipment it's going to have a relatively low channel count so ideal i think would be five bed channels four overhead and a sub channel but you can drop that down to sort of five, two overhead, or even three front speakers and the two overheads, and that's your absolute minimum. Um, yeah, so not expensive. Lots of rooms at sensible costs could could absolutely be level one. Then level two, everything gets a bit tighter. I'm just paraphrasing Walt here. Sorry, Walt. Um, <laughs> more channels, tighter metrics, more sort of less leeway on the placement, less leeway on the sound level less leeway on all of these metrics. It's just a step up. So it's a more performance thing. Yeah. So you could call that performance cinema. I think someone called it private cinema, which I quite like. And now level three, 
which is going to be tricky because that corresponds to what we used to call reference. And the problem with reference is, as a term, it's been sort of abused and mangled over the years. I yeah. don't know what it means anymore. I hate it. But we could call it studio. I think that might be reasonable because we want to c- compare favourably with a decent mastering environment. Yeah. And then level four is the state of the art, the unobtainium, if you like, where really we're not going to compromise. We want maximum performance, certainly for the, the best seat and one other seat. Sure. I mean, all uh, everything's scalable in 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 what we're doing, isn't it? In the respect of small rooms are going to be easy to fill with noise, big rooms. It's easy to do. It's just expensive because everything's got to be bigger. Yeah, I'm going to chuck in a concept here, actually, just the inverse square law, because this tells us two really important things. Sound decays exponentially, if you like. Um, so if you double the distance to the loudspeaker, you're going to need four times the power just to sound as loud. And we've often used that to do our SPL calculations. So we're persuading a customer you know, to get a decent amount of level at your ears. You're going to need more power, higher output. You're probably going to need to spend more money. But there's a flip side to this, and it's to do with being too close to the back speakers. And it's this. If you half the distance, it gets four times as loud. If you half the distance again, so in other words, you go three quarters of the way from where you started towards that speaker, that's going to be 16 times too loud. Now, that's when the problem starts to appear because 16 times too loud, one of the channels, that will throw you out of the illusion. You're not in the film anymore. You'll be like, what? What the hell was that? As soon as that channel does something. And you see this a lot. You see UK home cinema rooms where someone's got their ear right up against a speaker. And arguably that speaker shouldn't be there. No, it shouldn't. And and that's went back to my point. If if you can't design your way in that room to get your listeners further away from it or push the speaker out, you know, away from said human's ear, the best thing to do is not to have it there at all. Yeah, hundred percent. And actually, here's a really fun one. This this came as, it's definitely part of IP22, but I think this was influenced by some really pioneering work done by Trinov. And it's moving for, away from a kind of angles-based approach to loudspeakers to a zone-based approach, because we're not designing for a single person. And we used to be, but we shouldn't have been, because the person sitting next to you, maybe the people sitting behind you, they're important. They want to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. So the zone-based approach to the channels, it goes like this. If it's a rear speaker, it shouldn't be in front of anybody. If it's a surround back right speaker, it shouldn't be to anyone's left. Yeah. And so on. So no one's getting a sound cue, which is telling you about where that event is happening in the space, coming from the wrong place. That's exactly wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to wrap your head around. It's easy yeah. to say. Yeah. But once you start doing it, you'll find that the less good seats that the integrator might never sit in unless they think to check. The integrator might never measure unless they think to check. Yeah. Someone's going to end up sitting there because you've put a seat there. Of course. And so it's important to make it good. Yeah, and I think when you're up that higher spectrum of, of the level, so if you're in a level four, um, you know, you, you might well design some layer level three, maybe even some level two seats in your room because you want to be able to offer the bums on seats. Yeah. And that might be designed in there. In which case, that's absolutely fine, isn't it? But to go subpar and not even hit level one on a seat, I don't think that's acceptable. I I think it's like this. I think honest conversations need to be had. If you take a sort of standard UK room that might be, I don't know, sort of 
three and a bit meters wide, four and a bit, five meters long. And if you yep. put two rows of regular cinema or sofa seats in there, you probably need to have a bit of a conversation with your client because the way I would phrase it is, we can do that, but is the front row the main event? Is that for your family? And is the back row going to be twice a year, Wimbledon final, cup final? Because then I think it's okay. I think it's okay to put level zero seats in. But as long as we're candid and say it's for guests, I'm doing that job at the moment. It's a lovely mm-hmm. couple. I've made a cinema for two, and it's got four guest seats in the back. Yeah. And it might even change the way the surround sound works when people are in them and drop the rears. Well, that's that's not doing a level zero, though, is it? That's your engineering the room to suit the occupants there. That's a whole different story, which is good. I know you're wrong. It's it's tiny, so they they're going to be they're going to be less than fifty centimeters from the back wall. It really is a level zero, and we've all gone into it with our eyes open. So I've I've done the right thing. I've given them good advice. They've explained what mm. they want in terms of sociability versus movie night. Movie night is great because it's for two, and then footy night that's for six. No, it's very reasonable that we've got four levels level zero seats in that room, and it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard to be honest and just say, "This is what I want for you," and. It's still going to be good and clear and I don't think there's enough of that. It's just why I don't understand why. Uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose I'm, I'm dealt with customers for 20 years and, uh, you know, away from the, the audio and the, the AV world from the joinery side. And I've always found it quite easy to say to people, so let's take your scenario, you know, how many, how many customers are we seeing and saying, oh, well, in our three and a half by six meter room i want at least 12 seats in loads of them all the time i don't think there's many jobs where the customer's given us a realistic number of seats to to put into a room and i think it's very easy for us to say yeah that's great a we, we, we're probably going to put six more seats in well that's you know cinema seats aren't cheap are they mm. you know so that's that's straight away the the pound signs could be going through our eyes but not up for all the wrong reasons do think as well if you're playing for the long term and i think we are people like people who yeah i think it shows and people are coming to us to be experts and i think we're obliged to be as experts Mm. we can and give them good answers you can bullshit your way to a job and again i don't know if people know that they're bullshitting i think probably not and they're just doing it the way they've been told and they've been told nah it's fine can you get the order in by Friday, please, mate? Is that all You're right? Definitely twenty-four channels in that little room. Because I've, I've I've sort of lived that a little bit, where you kind of, you know, you're not going to always get candid. Don't do it like that. Advice from from a sales force because they need people need to eat, right? I don't have a problem yeah. with that. But I think when we're doing it for clients, I, I believe no. Let's let's honest conversations. I'm a fan, and if you say these seats are level zero, shall I leave them in? And they say yes. Mm-hmm. Leave them in. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. See, the difference is, Owen, you've you've sold those level zero seats opposed to putting seats in and they end up being level zero. That's that's the difference and that's the, the, the key bit here. Yeah. And actually, funnily enough, yeah. the other job I'm literally on at the moment is a seven-seat cinema and it's more than twice the size and these are all good seats. I think this is going to be level two at the front, level one at the back. I could have got level two everywhere, but that would have required spending a lot more money than they want. And again, it's a cinema for two, really, with some guests sometimes. And waiting seats, I think it's important. 
Because when you sit there and work out your seat-to-seat variations, I would encourage everyone to do that. It's easy maths. You can already do the SPL calculations to sell the bigger amp or sell the higher output speakers. Do them again and find out what your rears are doing on the like furthest away right-hand seat compared to how it is in the middle. You will be surprised. Yeah. And if you've got a demo facility and if it's maybe got a few more seats than you think, spend a bit of time in the back right seat. Yeah. A really surrounding clip, clip on. I guarantee you will be surprised. It's why my cinema's all pushed forward a bit. I didn't mm-hmm. want any level zero. Mm-hmm. And you absolutely shouldn't have a level zero in a demo room. <laughs> the only time I think if you're never going to put a client in there. Yeah. You know, if it really is for you to sit at the back and do some work, mm-hmm. that's sort of fair enough. But, you know, I quite like myself, so I want to sit at yeah. the back and do some work and yeah, have a decent yeah. experience while I'm doing yeah. it. Good. Cool. So that's a bit about the levels. Um, I think that'll do for now because we're going to go into detail on the various metrics and various elements of not just RP22, but kind of what we've learned. I think we want to talk about calibration quite soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about some background reading as well. Okay. Do you want to start? If I can do. I mean, the, I think for me, the place where I would always start is with Dr. Floyd Tool's book. Ding. Sorry, we have to ring a bell every time someone says Floyd Tool. Um, but it's so true. Yeah. That pioneering work is absolutely relevant to these days. He came out of retirement to an RP22 call. Did he? Uh, to a call? Yeah. He told someone off, and I'm not allowed to say who it was. <laughs> I wish I'd have been there for that. So I'm not going to. Anyway, um, absolutely pioneering. Get the third edition. Spend the extra. It's a reference work. Keep it to hand. I mean, I don't know if it's kind of bedtime reading. I have... One at home for when I'm designing at home. I've got one at work for when I'm sat in front of my computer. Yeah, they're important on. If you just Google Todd Welty and subwoofer placement, you'll find his PowerPoint presentation on that. Absolute massive eye-opener. That's really good. Um, Room EQ Wizard software. Firstly, it's a free download. Secondly, if you're a pro working in the space, if you're interested in things like multi-microphone inputs, the pro license for RD8 REW software is a strong bargain. How much was it again? 99 bucks. Yeah, 99 or 100 bucks. Really not very expensive. And you might need to spend a few quid on some affordable measurement microphones. But we'll get to that. Erin's um, Audio Corner on YouTube. Really good. Very good. I love him. Yeah, and the nice thing about Erin as well is I talk too quickly, right? And especially I talk too quickly for our American friends. They're like, what did he just say? And Aaron talks super slowly because he's from that bit of the South where you just pace yourself. Um, so if I'm too much for you, then uh, go, go and listen to Aaron and you'll uh, you'll follow every last little bit. Floyd Till was a guest on his show, actually. That was really nice. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. What else? And have I, got? I, I, I've got little bits and bobs. So I, I've another one of my little go-tos is the Master Handbook of Acoustics and the, the fifth, of di- fifth edition. Just to help me out with my understanding because it's 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 a incredibly complicated world when you start working out acoustic treatments in a in a, in a cinema room it's good it's good it's it's i have to sit down with with and i like to to work with music in the background because i can't sit in silence i just can't do it but i have to with these <laughs> i have to because it needs like a, mm-hmm. all of my 99 brain cells concentrating on it brilliant Right, so I think that'll do. I think you know who we are. You know what we're up to. Uh, We've given you some background reading. We'll see you next time. Great. Take care, folks. Thanks, everyone.
Bye.